How we doing? How's everybody this morning? Thank you guys for coming out this morning. I am super, super um, excited. I got a reminder this morning to let all the guys know that we have no men's fire this month of December. So don't show up tomorrow night. No one will be there, I promise you. We're actually going to be getting together doing kind of a, a planning out for the rest of 2022. So that's what we're going to be doing for, uh, for men's fire. So so no show up. Um, thank you. Um, I'm super excited. Um, let us pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for um, just bringing us together this morning. Um, Jesus, we ask that um, you calm the hearts, calm the nerves. Um, take the time this morning just to let your word be spoken. Let something be received to each heart, wherever anyone is, is in the room or maybe watching. Father, we just ask this in your name. Amen. So do me a favor, pull out your Bibles. should be some Bibles next to you on the floor or pull out your phone app. Um, and we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14. Um, a week ago, Pastor Steve uh, put together uh, what he coined the, the worst Christmas message ever. And uh, he kind of gave us of, uh, uh, some issues of the Christmas now and the Christmas then and some of the things that was going on. Um, and a couple weeks back, he uh, probably months back now, he asked me, he said, hey, Byron, I want to see about getting you back on stage. And I said, absolutely, let me know when. He said, we have this thing coming up we're going to be doing this year called Advent. And I was like, well, I'm not 100%. I know Advent is like lighting candles and I was like, but I didn't grow up in a traditional uh, sense of Advent. Um, but through this study, I've gained a lot of knowledge, got a lot of understanding. Um, and although we're not doing the traditional, traditional Advent, uh, it's still Advent for, for Crosspoint. So I was trying to come up with the best possible connection. Um, this week's um, kind of title is Undetected Prophecies, or Predictions Fulfilled. And I was trying to come up with the best way of, of kind of Telling everybody here, hey, here's, here's where my mind went when we start talking about fulfilled pr prophecies or how to make this connection. And uh, most of us have seen this movie. It's a 1989 movie. It typically comes on Saturday afternoons or Sunday afternoons when nothing else absolutely is on TV. But we've all seen this movie, and we've probably seen part one, part two, and part three of this movie. And the movie I'm talking about specifically is Back to the Future 2. We got Marty McFly, you got Doc Brown, and you got Biff in this movie, and they're running rapid, and Marty goes back to the future, and Doc is trying to get him back. But in this scene in Back to the Future 2, old Biff is in the car with young Biff, and old Biff is driving, and he makes the comment to him. He says, um, he, says he tells him that the information in this book is worth millions. And old Biff tells him, he said, all you got to do is bet on the winner and you will never lose. So today we're not going to talk about old Biff and young Biff. Um, we picked it up on Amazon. It came in real quick. I was hoping it got here in time and it did. Um, but in this book, Biff used this in this movie to bet on, you know, horse races and baseball games and basketball games and college games. And um, he won a lot of money. But what I wanted to bring to you guys' attention this morning was there is a book that we can bet on. And it's this book. 
And you guys have it in your, your apps. You have it maybe on a, uh, your, your grandparents had this really, really old book that sat out on the table, kind of like this when you were growing up. <laughs> um, but I just want to let you know that this book is a book that we can use. And I found a verse in Revelations 22 and 7, and it, and it said, And behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy of this book. So in the Old Testament, we know that if you ever read through the Old Testament or studied through the Old Testament, kind of what happens is God tells his people something, and then they don't do it. And then God has to come and fix it. And then God tells his people something again, and then they don't do it, and then God has to fix it. And then God tells his people something again, and they don't do it, and God has to fix it. Um, and as we get into Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, we know that uh, we learn that Jesus, Jesus would be born of a virgin or that there would be a, a child would be born. And just to give you some background in this story, we're talking about King Ahaz. Uh, he's a king of Jerusalem of Judah. And he was worried about these two other countries that's kind of overbearing down on him and get ready to attack him. And they're conspiring. And the Lord told Isaiah to let Ahaz know not to fear them. Do not let your heart grow faint. He said, don't worry about it. He says, in a few years, he's like, you have absolutely to worry about. You're going to be good to go. No problems. You know, we'll have this all taken care of. He tells Azaz, he tells, uh, Azaz to ask the Lord for a sign, which he responds, I'm not going to ask the Lord for a sign. I'm not going to test God. Azaz, Ahaz was appearing to look humble, but it's not humble to disobey what God commands. Isaiah knew that Ahaz wasn't truly trusting in God. And the sign was, wasn't just for him, but for an entire nation. In, chapter, in uh, verse 14, it reads, All right, then, the Lord himself will give you a sign. It says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God's with us. Some speculated that this sign could have been unnamed, an unnamed child born to an unknown virgin. But if the woman was unknown to both Ahaz and Isaiah, then the child, that wouldn't be much of a sign. Another study also mentioned that Isaiah possibly thought that this could have been one of his children coming down the pipeline. But as we shift into the New Testament, we find out that Isaiah predicts his birth 700 years before it ever takes place. In Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 33, it reads, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favorite woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of Most High. The Lord will give you the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. So this is the first one that we look at where we put both of these together where Isaiah mentions this in the Old Testament, and now we're hearing about the same topic in the New Testament. So a few things that we understand that, one, a child would be born. Two, 
that child would be a son. Three, Isaiah gives us this meaning of the child's name, which is going to be God with us. The angel tells Mary the child will be called the son of the Most High, and he will reign over Israel forever. And I want to shift over to a, a, another, as I was going through the study, and I was talking with Pastor Steve about it, I was like, I don't want to go to traditional, and let's find something else that, that kind of stands out. And it was the shepherds from the desert, or the, or the wise men coming from the east. And in the Old Testament, um, Psalm 72, 9 through 11, I'll go through quickly. It says, desert nomads will bow before him. His enemies will fall before him in the dust. The western kings of Tarshish and the other distant land will bring tribute. The eastern kings of Sheba and Seba will bring gifts. All kings will bow before him and all nations will serve him. So we're hearing about this now in the Old Testament and then hundreds and hundreds of years pass and it picks up again. And Matthew, you know, lays it out perfectly. He says in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, Matthew writes, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from the eastern land arrived. Again, wise men, people coming from the east. In Jerusalem, asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? Both Psalm 72 and Matthew confirm that men came from the east. Not only do we have a reference of the wise men coming from the east, bringing gifts, but we also know now that the Messiah was to be born in Bethlehem. In Matthew chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, the religious leaders or teachers of the religious law, they're, they're responding back to King Herod and they're saying, he called the meeting of the leaders and priests of the teachers and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? And he responded, in Bethlehem, in Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities. Matthew was referencing the prophet Micah, which is another reference in the Old Testament. Where Micah also said in that first verse of Micah chapter 5, verse 2, But you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, are only a small village among the people of Judah, yet a ruler of Israel whose origins are in distant past will come from you on, your, on my behalf. The people of Israel will be abandoned to their enemies until the woman in labor gives birth. Again, both Old Testament and New Testament, we learn that men are coming from the east bringing gifts and looking for the king of the Jews. We know that based on the prophet Micah wrote that the king would be found where? In Bethlehem. Michael also mentions the, the, the woman in labor giving birth. And I say all of this to kind of bring your attention that God has given us a lot of signs. A lot of signs in the Old Testament to lead to things that actually that we can pinpoint that happen in the New Testament. And my question to you this morning is, we drive up and down the freeway on a regular basis. We go and we come. And something that we see all the time that we probably never really pay attention to because we're so used to it, it's signs. Signs on the freeway, signs that tell us, don't speed, signs that tell us that, you know, Vegas is 480 miles away, signs that say that, you know, L.A. is 200 miles away. And I asked a question that say, um, signs tell us where we're going. They tell us where we're going. They tell us how long it's going to take to get there. Signs also let us know that if we're on track, 
signs, they let us know that if we need to make a detour, that we can exit off this freeway and go down a few exits and get back on. So I'm not sure if you ever considered all the signs and the prophecies, but I believe God gave us a 100% clear-cut, precise signs of whom he was sending into this world. So why is this important, you ask? It's important because there's a lot of other religions, religious beliefs. They have their own holy book, maybe something like this. (laughs) Um, But the one thing that we have different from all the other religions is that in the Bible, we have clear, fulfilled prophecy. I mentioned last night that I read a, a probability story, and it said that if you took the state of Texas and you put coins two feet high all over the state of Texas, and on one coin you put a red dot, and you drop the person off in the state of Texas with a blindfold on, and you told that person to find the coin with the red dot. And let's just say maybe, maybe that person could find that red coin. It says that the probability of that person, if he found that red coin, that that would be the same as completing eight prophecies. We know that in the Bible that there was more than 300 prophecies that Jesus fulfilled. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. It reads to us, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Rule with fairness and justice for the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord of the heavens armies will make this happen. This Old Testament scripture is one that we're probably most familiar with. Um, and the one that I love to enjoy to, to stand out is really the Prince of Peace. And it's the peace of God that God gives us whatever the stresses of life that we have going on. Whether it's a sick family member, whether it's finances, whether it's turmoil among siblings and families and people not talking during, during Thanksgiving. Um, but God gives us a peace um, unlike anything else. We fast forward back over to Matthew chapter 1, verses 20 and 25, through 25, and we see this again. If you drop down to verse 22, it reads, it says, all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. It says, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he, he did as the angel Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Again, both Old Testament and New Testament are in alignment. And in studying these prophecies, Pastor Steve said, hey, let, let's come up with some takeaways for this. He's like, and, and, and what are you thinking? What are you looking at? And I was like, the three that stands out to me the most, and I'll just give you the three. I think they're at the bottom of your note sheet before we go through them. But number one was God made a promise. God told us exactly what he was going to do, and then it's later fulfilled in the New Testament. 
The second one was God kept his promise. And the third one is God will keep his promise. God made his promise. God made a promise. What promises were they? God told us a few things. He said, I'm going to send the Messiah. And he did. He says, God told us that Messiah would be born to a virgin. And it was. God told us where he would be born, in Bethlehem. And he told us his name. Emmanuel means God with us. God kept his promise. And it's always funny, I think about this. I know that God kept his promise because somebody had to have this conversation with Mary and was like, so did something just jump in your womb or what really happened? Can you explain this? And I'm sure Mary was like, yeah, I kind of just, this thing happened and kaboom and yeah, because, you know, on the sideline, you know, Joseph was like, I don't know, Mary told me this thing and this angel and, you know, but we know that God kept his promise. Um, It reads, it says, confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. So we know both Jesus was both human and divine. He was human because he came from the womb of Mary. He came from the womb of a woman. And up until this point, we knew the only way that child was to be born was that man and woman, something had to happen. He's divine because we know he was conceived by the Holy Spirit. There was nothing male that had to happen with Mary there. That was 100% all God. And I mention this because if there is no virgin birth, there's absolutely no hope. If there's no virgin birth, this means that Jesus was born just like everybody else. My question to you today, would God keeping his promises. What promises have God given to you personally? And some of the things that I picked up on was God has promised to strengthen you. God has promised to give you rest. He says that my yoke is easy. God has promised to take care of all your needs, to answer your prayers. The Bible says, ask and it will be given. It said, seek and you shall find, and knock, and the door shall be open. And another promise that we all have heard, and, and, and we get to hear probably week to week, is that God also gives everlasting life. God will keep his promise, and he will come again soon. Pastor Steve, as we was wrapping up, and we sat down, and we went through this message, he said, Byron, what's on your heart? He said, what's going on? He's like, anything that It's standing out to you with the church or the community or the men's ministry. And as I was looking at this message to wrap this up, um, Hebrews 11 and 6. And it reads, it says, and it is possible to please God. It is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. And the part that stuck out to me the most was this, that you first must believe. It's okay that all this stuff is in the Bible. We can read it. We can study it. 
We can quote it. We can put it on little cool Facebooks and Instagram posts. But into, until you believe it and until you know that there is a reward that God has for you, you know, we're just kind of spinning our wheels. So just like Biff getting this uh, gray sports almanac from 1950 to 2000 that he used to bet and win millions and millions of dollars because he had a book that gave him all the signs for what would be coming up next. God has given us this Bible, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus living within us to guide us day to day. I want to ask the band to come back up right now. I, uh, I was trying to beat my time from last night because Chris was like, dude, you got done. And I was like, what are you doing? So, Chris, I think I, I, I got a little bit better this morning, so thank you. But um, in our current culture where we're ordering uh, Amazon gifts, we're planning out holiday meals for Christmas, we're hanging out, hanging Christmas lights, the smell of cinnamon everywhere we go, Christmas carols. These Old Testament prophecies are proof that God made a promise to men and women a long time ago. That he would send the Messiah for them to save them and give them hope. And God delivered on his promise by the birth of his son, Jesus. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning. Um, thank you for Advent. Thank you for us being to come together um, to anticipate, to study the birth of your son, to see how the Old Testament's reference the New Testament, to see that we can believe, we can align it exactly how you planned it. And Father, I just ask to everybody in the room that I hope something touched your heart. I hope something stuck out to you. I hope there's something that you can take with you the rest of the day that you can, during this Christmas season, that we can still keep Christ in Christmas. Amen.